0: This podcast is brought to you in association with very.co.uk. Topshop has landed at very. Check out the latest range and must have pieces. Head to very.co.uk and order online now. Hi and welcome to Open Mind with me, Frankie Bridge. Now back in 2012, I found myself in hospital after a battle with anxiety, depression and panic attacks. My journey led me to become an ambassador for Charity Mind and this year I've been writing my book, Open. It's about my breakdown, my recovery and my progress. I'm writing it because I want to be more open and for other people to be more open about their mental health, to speak out, to ask for help and of course... Be helped. By talking about my experiences with others who have found themselves in similar situations, I hope others will feel encouraged to be more open about issues that have burdened them. And that is what this podcast series, Open Mind, is all about. Plus some good banter, hopefully, laughs, and some cake. There's going to be, there's going to be cake. So today I have a woman who is not only a best-selling author, presenter, blogger, actress, and a mum of three, and I've known her forever, even before kids, it's Joanna Fletcher! Oh, hi. hi! I love the before kids bit, because the before
1: kids bit is a different life. I know, yeah,
0: I know. It's weird, I just can't think of you as having, like, three.
1: That's so many. Especially in the same house that we always used to, like, be in.
0: Like yeah. having tea, and now there's just like boys running around. Oh my God, I haven't thought of that. That's actually so true. Like, Weird, so much it? has happened in that one house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of naked boys, so it's a little bit like it's old It's the same. Tales. It's the same in many ways. Um, yeah. Oh, dear. I like, as long as it was naked boys, that was it. It was just naked <laughs> boys. Naked boys. We no were naked never girls. naked.
1: Was, no. just <laughs> wanna, just we were normally just drinking tea. But every night we'd get together and have tea. It was yeah. lovely.
0: I know. Mm. I feel like even before, so like back when you were younger, Yeah. how were you as a kid? Were you like... A deep thinker? Were you... Because I find you quite a positive person. Mm. And have you always been that way? I'd like to say yes.
1: I think I have this thing where I want people to like
0: me. Well, I used to, more
1: before becoming a mum. I was badly bullied as a kid. And it just meant that I... Yeah, it just put me in this quite desperate place, really. I think back to me at, you know, seven, eight. And I just feel really sorry for myself. Like, I just... Or I just want to kind of go it's all right it's actually okay and i and actually i i kind of put a lot of my stuff i link it back to that like really? I, I was really excluded there were two girls who you know like make me their friend and then kind of drop me and and take other friends away but if it wasn't for that then i wouldn't have spent the majority of my childhood at that point when I at school you know in the in playground and stuff i'd literally walk around the field like acting out little things in my head, like singing to myself, or no wonder I was bullied. I was, I mean, I was just talking to myself. <laughs> like like... <laughs> so, you know, I was There she goes again. But I think that sort of led me into my imagination. And so, you know, I think for me, my childhood really, my happy place is with my sister and my brother. Mm. Um, but that didn't make me reclusive. That didn't make me quiet. That didn't make me shy. Yeah. It made me. Go the opposite. Go, yeah. I mean, and I think that may be middle child thing. If there was a camera, I was there. Oh, yeah. Really? And if it tried to pan <laughs> away, I would pan with it, you know? So, yeah, for, so I was always, like, a little storyteller, I think. But, yeah, I would say quite upbeat, but the majority of that was because of wanting people to like me. Yeah. And then I think as I've got older, and only in the last couple of years, to be honest, I think we all have it with certain friends where... I think this might be going off tangent, where, you know, you kind of drift apart, but part of you really wants... And they don't care about you anymore, but you really want them to care about you still, even though they might have negative energy and they might just drag you down. There's a part of you that's kind of like...
0: Well, why, like, what have I done? Like, what did, like, making oh, it a bad, I, am you know so what I mean? so like that. Even when someone, you know someone's not nice. Yes. They've never been that nice to you, but you're like, but I really want you to like me. Yes, I just Please don't just want you like to like me. not like, yeah, yeah. What, what, what did I do? What <laughs> did I do? Why, why?
1: And it's, and I've got two people like that in my life that mm. aren't actually in my life because I don't want to be. But, you know, <laughs> kind of like, I, I've learned over the last couple of years to just let it go. And you can't force them. You can't force them. <laughs> and sometimes you've just got to go, all right. That's fine, because actually, I have a really lovely unit of people around me, not all together, like in different friendship groups. And sometimes mm. it's just over a text message that our relationship kind of exists. And that's fine. But yeah, so just letting those ones go. But it ha- that is something that stems from being bullied. And and it's
0: crazy to think that that's like, I'm 34. That stuff
1: happened. It's when still I was and it's
0: still there. Yeah. But that's what makes me worry with the kids oh, don't is i just think you know how big this stuff is mm. and you want to spend all your time avoiding it for them and trying to make everything okay but then also you can't protect them yeah. from everything
1: so maybe that's one thing though because now in my life i'm like well that's that's fine like, i know that not everyone's gonna like me yeah that, that's fine but when it comes to like buzz who's you know at school full time and if he says to me anything about oh so and so in class says this i'm like what mm why you know and yeah. then try not to make it a thing it's horrible thinking of them going through stuff like that and knowing the repercussions that it will have so I guess it's more about giving them the tools to understand it and help them deal with it so that it doesn't become a thing later on in life
0: yeah kind of make a positive out of it in a way yeah
1: or just learn to deal with it mm. you know my mum You know, she would literally, like, march up to school. And and at that point, there wasn't much stuff done about bullying. It just was that, well, that's not going on in our school. I think it is. Yeah, bury your head
0: in the sand. Yeah.
1: So I think it is different now. But, yeah, just having, like, the thought of them going through it is just awful. Yeah.
0: And you always, so you said it kind of made you into this creative person. Mm. And you went to theatre school, Mm. didn't you? Because obviously that's how you met Tom. Yeah. And then I knew you as, like, that's what you trained to be. Yeah. And I remember chatting to you and you were like, I just want to sing I wanna <laughs> and I want to act. And now you have this amazing career. Yeah. How did you find that bit in between? Like, I remember our chats and yeah. it's like those bits. Because like, you were always so supportive of Tom. and mm. uh, Like, you're the most talented creative couple on the planet. Um, but I feel like now it's become... Your time too. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I think when, because I was sort of, obviously I'd started drum school at the same
1: time the McFly sort of started their thing. So I was, you know, I always say Tom was flying the world, you know, doing yeah. his thing and I was at drum school pretending to be a penguin. You know, <laughs> our lives were just very, very different. And I think when one of you is successful and the other one is kind of working to try and get anything, actually, like I would have, and I was happy getting small parts and feeling like I was achieving. You, I think as a couple, you can't, compare yourself to the other person. Like, it's fine. Like, they are doing that. And you've got to be happy in what you're doing. And it's the same in friendship groups Mm. as well. You've just got to be happy doing you.
0: Yeah, I never felt like you compared yourself. No. I never felt like you were like, oh, he's doing this and I'm only doing this. No. But I just, it's a hard industry to get into isn't it yeah yeah and and
1: it, it is and I think in acting you know when we're talking about people like wanting people to like you in in the acting world I think that pretty much makes you an actress <laughs> yeah but it's cutthroat isn't it it's kind mm. of like yes no you, you know you get rejected so much and I felt there was no control there like I'd do all this work for auditions not hear anything, or get close and then get nothing. You know, after a while, your agent stops taking your night calls. <laughs> <and> you just <laughs> that what's going on? Um So I started writing, really, as a, as a way of channeling this creativity that I had, that I was only using in auditions. Like, I wanted to stop having other people control when I could be creative. Yeah.
0: And then, so obviously you did all that, and then you had the first Mm. baby yeah buzz yeah yeah buzz oh so did you find a big shift in yourself from because obviously I knew you always wanted to be a mum yeah
1: and I think I was always
0: like the maternal one of the group yeah 100%
1: we were you know we were the ones who kind of looked after everyone it felt like mum and dad down the end of the road
0: oh yeah definitely Definitely. Have you got any sugar? I'm yeah. feeling rubbish today. Um, yeah, yours is like meat in place.
1: Yeah, and I loved that. I loved that. Maternal, and again, I think it's that thing of being liked. It's that thing of being needed. It's that thing of being wanted. And so, I think maybe that was part of that <laughs> bringing that up again. So when I, I knew I wanted to become mm. a mum because
0: that, then they have to want and need you. Yeah, <laughs> <They've> got <laughs> they got no a the choice. I'm mummy, guys.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I think because I've always been maternal, I thought that motherhood was going to be really, really easy, and I just slip into it. And it's also that thing of like whenever you're with other people's kids when you don't have children. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you're so good with them. You're going to be such a good mum. Yeah. And you're like, when actually, when they're yours and you've got all the other stuff... It's so stuff, different. It's so different. And you're not just sat there for half an hour playing with them. And you also realise, actually, being the mum and when someone else comes in and it plays with them, you're just like, oh, thank God. Yeah,
0: thank you. Thank yeah. you,
1: I can just unload the dishwasher or, you know, do something yeah.
0: else. Even though I have my own kids, I still enjoy babysitting for other people. Yeah. So I've been babysitting for my friend. She's got a little baby. And I love it mm. because... Although obviously I'm doing that on a daily basis. First of all, he's a baby; I don't have one of those. (laughs) And second of all, it's like I get to do all the bits, and it's enjoyable, and it's new, and then I give him back. Yeah, yeah. I can't do that with my kids. No, and that's something. (laughs) But that's something that you don't you don't take into consideration when you're actually
1: about to become a mum and all Mm. the hormones that are going to flood through you. And um, you know, I just oh, when I actually became a mum, I was like, I don't know if I'm really good at this. Really? Did you doubt yourself? Yeah, massively and i think because everyone's there sort of saying oh you should do this you should do that you should do this you should do that and you don't listen to yourself at all you've got i'm i i literally i remember being on tour uh, with because the, the the McMaster tour happened when buzz was 4 weeks old i remember taking him and at one point he was crying and I can remember looking at Matt going, Matt's not my husband, Matt no. is my friend who just happens to have kids. And I remember turning to Matt and being like, do you know what this cry means? What does it mean? Like,
0: I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm just about to go on stage actually. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, to deal with that. <laughs> you know, I think it's, uh, it's really See, I've always found you quite headstrong, like you would mm. know your stuff and you would be like well no this is what I'm gonna do and yeah. I trust in my thoughts and I think my that's opinions. where I got
1: after I think that's where I got afterwards yeah. I think when I started sharing online and started vlogging and sharing the doubts that's when I realized that everyone was exactly the same and no one knows what they're doing so what made you start doing that was it because you So I don't yourself? like overthinking things I think I just think something and I share it and, and okay. I, do you know what I mean mm. I kind of and that's that's how it's always stayed I'm not someone who can kind of go oh well that will engage really well and I'll save that for another day mm-hmm. or a rainy day where i am not going. anything to sh- I just literally think of something and share it and I think I didn't overthink it I I just started sharing and I, no 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 I remember I had a blog with hello magazine Kind of, I'd kind of kept updates on my whole pregnancy. But I, at the time, I was like, I just don't want to have a blog that's kind of like today, I, this week, I did this, and I mm. went here, and oh, I wore this. I, I wanted it to be something, so I'd kind of, I'd shared a month after Buzz was born, I'd shared about our sort of the birth and the hypno birth thing that I did and how amazing it was, mm. and then I left it there. And I just suddenly thought afterwards, that's painting a picture of everything being really rosy, everything yeah. being amazing. And right now, at that point, I, <laughs> I thought to myself, you know, I am crying all the time. I'm finding this really difficult. Breastfeeding has not come easily. It's making me like weep all the time. And, and, and I just thought if I was reading that positive account, I would be sat at home going, why is that person getting on so well and I'm not? Yeah. What am I doing wrong? And so I shared this other blog that was very honest about how difficult I was finding it. And the reaction to that made me go, it's okay. It's okay to, and actually hearing other people go, that's how I feel, kind of made me go, okay, let's talk about this then. Let's make it, let's just, you know, away with the Instagram filters and everything, everyone looking perfect all the time and whatever. And also I have this thing actually on Instagram where I don't like, I mean, I've been on a shoot, so I'm wearing a lot of makeup today, but I don't like posting loads of photos of me in makeup. Because I want to give people the truth, so that then in real
0: life, if they meet me, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, she's so pretty." look, of a mascara on. Oh, well done. You know what I mean? I just kind what of... want the opposite. Yeah, I've actually had someone follow me around the shops before, and then got face to face and gone, "Oh no, that's not her." <laughs> and I had no makeup on, and I was like. Yeah, great. Thank you for uh, really helped with my confidence today. It's you.
1: It just, <laughs> just reminds me of the massive gel bras that used to be around when we were younger. Oh, yeah. You know, and the massively heavy ones. I used to love those. Yeah, but can you imagine chicken at the end fillets. of the night? Yeah, but yeah, at the end of the night, you kind of whip that off and there's just a bit of thud on the floor and then you've got <laughs> nothing there. Yeah.
0: You know,
1: I think it's the same. It's yeah, the same. it's exactly
0: the same as chicken yeah, fillets. Yeah, exactly. So then I started
1: <laughs> sharing and then by then I'd already written a few books. Yeah. And I just thought, Is that
0: where Happy Mum, Happy Baby came from? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'd written a few books, a few uh, fiction uh, novels, and then I just thought I'd like to write something in the non-fiction world about being a mum, but I don't want it to be a guide on how to. I don't want it to be that this is the right way yeah, I'm not dealing it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because that's
0: what you didn't want. You didn't want yeah, people Yeah, exactly. You. I
1: was, you know, I had Joan down the road telling me that, you know, Peter in the supermarket telling me how to breastfeed. Like, stop it. Stop. Mm. I don't need all those voices. Actually, you just got to get, push all that away. You've just got to learn to sort of stand there, nod, and take the bits that you want and drop everything else. So for me, I wanted to write a book about motherhood, but one that was honest and one that sort of said, this is my version and kind of not sensing myself. So the first, when I sat down to write it, I just thought, let's just write, Mm. put everything in, put PCOS in, put miscarriage in, put everything in there, all doubts and everything. And then at the end, I can edit and take things out. If I I felt like I've gone too far, because we write the books, we get to say what's in them.
0: Which is actually quite a big change from... Being part of that Tom from McFly's mm. wife, everything's yeah. rosy because yeah. people didn't really know the inside outs of your relationship or your life, really. Yeah. So then, for you to write a whole book of honesty, obviously it wasn't about your relationship or anything, but it's quite a big step, really. It's quite
1: yeah, I guess, opening. I guess opening I didn't see it. Yeah, I guess I just thought, you know what, if everyone thinks that the way that they parent is perfect then we're all... Like, no one thinks that?
0: No, no one.
1: And I wanted to take away all the judgment because I, th- I feel like all the judgment that is in parenting is actually from ourselves. Yeah. And so I wanted to kind of get rid of that a little bit. And I, I was worried, though. When the book got published, I was worried what was going to be taken from it. And, you know, we all know that, you know, certain segments get taken out and get put in magazines and papers and stuff. And you're like, oh, gosh, they're taken it out of context. Like, yeah. what are people going to think of that? And um, and then they sensationalize some bits or whatever, and so I was a little bit um, hesitant, and <laughs> apprehensive. But then the reaction was incredible, and and having people say this has helped me through. Pregnancy, or my worries, Mm. or this has helped me. I'm on maternity leave and I'm struggling, and just hearing that I'm not the only one saying things like, I wish, like, I wondered if I could give him back at a certain moment, like in the moment of pure frustration and sleep
0: deprivation and desperation. Which literally is like, you cannot say that. Yeah. And also, as a parent yourself, I can't say that because then people think that's, like, I don't want him and then I don't love him. Yeah, and then you're not, like,
1: you don't deserve having your kids. Mm. But actually, what is that mother saying? And, you know, can we help her? Because also, there's so many mums. Like, statistically, since doing the podcast, obviously it turned into a podcast, I've uh, recently heard the the statistics, which I keep drumming into people, is that the biggest cause of death within new mums is suicide. Mm-hmm. In the first year of having their child, we have to look after each other. Yeah, Because if that mum is there going, oh my God, I can't do this, I'm not a natural mother, and actually that is something that everyone feels, but we're just not vocalising. No one says it, yeah. Do you know what I mean?
0: I found that even when I was pregnant, because I didn't enjoy being pregnant. Mm. But you had um, a horrible time, the I, press were horrible yeah. too. Yeah, and I was sick and all that jazz, but I felt, Like, people would say to me, oh, isn't it lovely? Are you enjoying it? And um, sometimes i just go, no. And then it was really funny because, like, the women would have been going, oh, it's amazing, it's beautiful. And then I'd say no and they'd go, oh, yeah, I know, yeah, I was so sick and da-da-da. And it's like, come on, like, we're all in this together. And if we're not honest with each other or with ourselves then it's not, nothing's going to change. Like yeah. you say, if the suicide rate is so high after the first year, it's hard bloody work. Yeah. And it can be quite lonely. Yeah. And I think if everyone just keeps it all to themselves, then that's never going to change, is it? No, exactly.
1: Um, and so after the book, I kind of felt like it can't end there. I can't Mm. have people send me messages like that and then just kind of... You know, we all know what it's like. An album comes out, you listen to it for ages and then it goes. Mm. The book's the same. You read it, it goes. And, like, being on tour and having those conversations, I just didn't want it to end. I just kind of felt like it's so important that people get that that message out there that parenting is very different for everyone and there's no right way. It's so important that you do you and what works for you and give yourself time. You know, even talking about bonds and stuff on the podcast, it's like so many people say they didn't, didn't get that instant rush, that instant bond. Like obviously mm. you know that you love them, but there's an alien placed in your arms. Yeah, but everyone only talks
0: about, oh, and then that moment when I saw him yes. and the love I had. And actually, a lot of my anxiety during my pregnancy mm. was the build-up to that moment yeah. of, what if I don't love him yeah. instantly? What if I look at this baby and I'm just like, all oh, right. right. Yeah. And luckily for me, I did love him as much as you can love something you've never met before. (laughs) But I always say to my friends, I'm like, until that baby starts smiling at you or like giving you something back. Because for that first few weeks, they just take. Mm -hmm. And that can be for your mind. It's a bit like, okay, I keep giving you all this stuff and you just keep crying and you're just waking me up all night and I'm tired. (laughs) And then when they gurgle and they laugh or they smile, then you're like, oh, and that love deepens. Yeah. But no one talks about that. Mm-hmm. Everyone instantly. I was in love. It was amazing. And well, then... I
1: think I think it's two ways though. I do think that for some people, you do they yeah. do have that instant like. But for a lot of people, it's a very murky area. Mm. For other people, it is an instant like. I don't like this. I'm not. And then you're to- then you're going into like a maternal mental health thing, which again we need to talk about. We can't be scared of talking about things like that because get the help that's there. Mm. There is help available. Talk. So for me, I needed the conversation to continue. So it's been amazing having the podcast because it's not just my voice. It's other people sharing their experiences. And it just highlights even more how different we all are. Yeah,
0: and how many people are going through so many different things. Yeah. So yeah. then, what brought on Buddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know what brought that on. Wow. Well, but yeah. how did you feel going from one to two? One to two
1: felt all right. I think there's nothing like the jump from naught to one because zero to one changes your life. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I felt like when Buddy arrived, everything was calmer.
0: Yeah, I kind of felt like with Parker, I panicked so much about everything. Yeah, and I wanted everything to be perfect that I probably didn't enjoy. I did enjoy it, but not as much as I could have. Yeah, and then when Carter came along, I was like. God, I didn't realize how easy one was. I should have just enjoyed it, you know. And I try, and I always think that when I see people with one child, I'm like, oh, you don't know how lucky you
1: are. <laughs> but the thing is, it is a massive deal at the yeah. time. Like, it's easy for us to look back and kind of go, oh, well, that was e- that was the easy time. Hindsight. but it wasn't the easy time because you're no. learning everything, and there's so many different things that uh, you're experiencing for the first time that are like you're trying to like muddle your way through. Mm. And Tom was around a lot more, so I think that helped. You know, having Buddy mm. and. uh yeah although I had the busiest year on my maternity leave <laughs> because I wrote have mum a baby I wrote a different book as well some another solo fiction and then I think we got I think we got the deal for that then so we mm-hmm. started writing it on maternity leave for that as well So did you yeah, find
0: so, yeah. how do you deal with the mum guilt of working did you <gasps> it's a juggle isn't it Some days like
1: yeah I I think I found it toughest when it was just buzz and, you know, I think for ages, so Tom's mum and dad, if they're not at school, Tom's mum and dad sort of help us out. Because Debbie had to sort of leave her job so that she could come and work for us. And uh, and it was one of those things that was kind of always there on the sort of horizon. We knew that that was going to happen. I knew that I had a deadline, so I knew that from that September, Debbie would be looking after him. I remember kind of, kind of saying to Tom, we need to sort this out, we need to sort this out. Getting quite frustrated about it, knowing that we had to get it sorted. And then when it was sorted, I just cried mm-hmm. and cried. Like knowing that that was it, like for three days a week he was going to be with her, and even then at the start he was in our house. You know, yeah. I'd come and feed him, you know, and all that. So yeah, I, I think that's
0: sometimes worse though when they're in the house but you're not. Yeah, with them.
1: I actually work became a lot easier when he started going to theirs. Yeah, which is something that I really did not want to admit. I really wanted him to stay at home because then I think that that would make me feel like I wasn't not with him. Hear mm-hmm. you know I me? Mean? Uh, it would have felt like I was more hands-on <laughs> than I actually was, even though I was almost trying to block. And you never, you can't really concentrate in that scenario. No. Like, you know, they cry. You kind of, like, oh, is Debbie okay? Is she? You know, does she want me to come out? Is she, you know, she's fine. Yeah. She's got to get like, what? What do I do? Whereas if he wasn't there, it was easier. But there were certain moments, stupid moments, where I would literally be sat at my desk. Writing and I'd get a picture of him in a shopping trolley at the supermarket, mm-hmm. and I'd cry because I'd be like, "I've not done that with him yet. <laughs> I've not done it. Someone else has. This should be a moment. The experience is with
0: his mum being in <laughs> I'm a trolley. <laughs> you
1: know, stupid things yeah. like that. And and yeah, I um, I think mum got. I don't know. At the moment, I hadn't. So now I have three. Yeah. And I kind of feel like sometimes I'm like, woohoo, day
0: out. (laughs) So you don't have that. You don't have that. I think I do. Well,
1: I think if it's nights away, I do feel the guilt. I haven't done night away actually, and Max is still waking up at night for boobs, so that'll be fun, of course.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Open Mind is brought to you by Very.co.uk. New toys have landed at Ferry. Find all the toys everyone's talking about, including Barbie, LOL dolls and Frozen. Go to ferry.co.uk and shop now. You did a post didn't you about not kind of feeling yourself mm. after birth. With oh yeah Max yeah yeah. for a yeah. while. And and do you know what I
1: think I think I was fine and then well, I started trying to go for walks and stuff. And then, because seeing other people online that were just like, babies that were going for walks, yeah. and then being like, I yeah. need to go for a walk. Then feeling like your insides are going to fall out your foof. It's kind of time <laughs> to stop, you know. Go, <laughs> go home, Joanna, go home. Before you leave. Before you lose your bladder, go home. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I. Uh, and then, kind of nice living in your bubble. And then I'd come into London to have my checkups. And then I was meeting, well, it just turned out that I ended up being in a semi work meeting. Right. And a work environment and I just suddenly freaked out a little bit, I think. It kind of made me it really dampened my spirits and and I don't know what I just all felt really overwhelming. And um and how long after about Max six was six that? weeks after. Right. Yeah, and I kind of it really put me in a bit of a slump, I guess. Why do you think that was though? I think having a baby is like a different world. And that that thing of seeing your old world and mm-hmm. feeling like you don't actually belong anymore. Yeah. Or that or that particular moment, like, the world is still turning, but you're not on that world right now. hmm It just... And almost like that feeling of... It's waiting for you, or it kind of needs you. It's something else that needs you. It's kind of it's something else that's pulling you away from yep. your precious family time. And I and I do think that. So for Max, I always said that if we and I was always going to go for a third, but I thought it would happen in like a couple of years' time. <laughs> Max had other ideas, <laughs> and uh, and I think I'd always said to myself that when I have a third because. Maternity leave with my same maternity leave. I never have maternity leave. I just think of that whole first year as maternity leave, even though it's not ever. I always said that that year after having my third baby would be off, totally off. And I knew that all the hard work that I'd put in when Buddy was little was kind of not paying off, but it was all coming, it was all happening. It was Mm -hmm. all kind of projects were being, you know put out there and like launched and things like that. And I just mm. kind of felt like I'm not getting that actually. I'm not getting that time off and I need to come back. And, you know, it's just really hard. It just felt like a complete pull. And and I just wanted
0: to not be a part of any of it, actually. And how did you get past that, do you think? I think
1: sharing about it online helped. Because, uh, yeah, I wrote that. I saw it was World Mental Health Day, I think, mm. when I shared the post. And I'd seen loads of people posting about really positive things. And I was sat at home and kind of going, I don't feel that. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm sat at home, I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to see people. People are saying, no, let's meet up, let's do this. Nah, I don't, mm. you know. So I thought I'd share how I felt, honestly. And uh, yeah, and, I, and I do think talking is the biggest cure in a way do you know what I mean it's the bit not cure because I think we'll always have those voices in our heads and not even voices those those things that just dampen us and put a black cloud over everything and there's no reason and for me you know I had a lot of hormones going through my body <laughs> yeah. you know I was worried about certain bits that you know
0: whatever and but there's so much that changes, isn't mm. there? I think everyone thinks of the physical changes of having kids. Yeah. But mentally, there's such a shift. There's like with your first; it's like your whole life has changed. Yeah. Your priorities are completely different. And then I think obviously the more you have, the more you feel like you should be at home with them. You've chosen yeah, to have yeah. children, so you're like, I should and be you know here.
1: What? I used to work in, in a nursery, mm. and I never understood. Mums who had to, this is so ironic now, Mums who had children to put them into nursery,
0: oh really? I was like, why? Judge, you, judge us then No, but I was just like, <laughs> you've had children have
1: children. yeah, you know what I mean, But now I understand it. I totally understand it. You've worked your ass off to get into that job,, yep. and you've had a kid. So's your husband. Your husband's gone back to work. You know what I mean? And you're, and financially... But before you
0: have kids, everything seems so black and white, doesn't it? It's it like, does. you know, when you see a kid kicking off and you're like... Oh, God, come oh, on. Tell your kid not to do that. <laughs> and then when you have one, you're like, you know what? He's away from me. Yeah. So I'm just happy. If he's screaming near you, he just can go at it, you know. But and... now you kind of look at that mum differently as well.
1: Mm. You kind of go, you know, I've been there. I was talking to Tom the other day about... Buddy, who you know, he is our sunshine and showers kid. (laughs) He can be sorry, (laughs) but you know, he can be having the biggest meltdown, continuous about different things. And I look at people and I know that they're judging. They look at him and they look at me and I see that judgment. Yeah. And then literally 30 seconds later, we'll be passing different people. He'll be laughing his head off and I'll see people around him go, oh, what cute <laughs> baby, like cute little boy. I'm like, oh, my God, like, that and so Carter. it's just accepting it. It's yeah. just accepting that that is my child. That is me in parenting and, and not getting lost in that feeling of like, oh, my God, they're judging me.
0: Do you worry about the boys' mental health? I know we've said about bullying and things like that, and I suppose noticing that Buddy yeah. is like sunshine and showers. Yeah,
1: and... I do. I think uh, for us, it's like talking is the biggest, the biggest thing, and, it, and it's so hard when your kids start school. I know a lot of people <laughs> who kind of will get this. You know, they get into the car, and you're like, "So how was your day?" And they'll be like, "Fine." Yeah. What did you have for lunch? Don't know. Who did you play with? No
0: one. My kids what? do this. You have no friends. Exactly. Yeah. I literally
1: phoned up. I was phoning up about something else. And I was like, um, boss says uh, that he doesn't play with anyone at uh, lunchtime and they were like, He does. He plays with everyone, he's a very liked boy. And I was like, Thank god, it's just because they get in the car they can't be asked to talk. Yeah, but you used to be like that. I, I know. always try to remind myself,
0: <laughs> I'm like, I used to do that. What did yeah. you have for lunch? I don't remember. What did you do today? Work. You know, like, and even with work, when I used to get home, my my mum used to say, What did you do today? Mum, I've done it all day. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, we totally get that. Like, your head is fuzzy at the Mm. end of a busy
1: day. Like, oh, like, so I've had a busy day before this. So I know that I'll get in the car. And I'll kind of like zone out because my head is like fuzzy, literally, with mm. all the things that it's been lo- has been, have been loaded into it. So they're obvious, they obviously feel exactly the same. But we want to know. I, I want to know. know if it's had a happy day. <laughs> so I think actually, what I've kind of discovered with mine is it's actually just letting them chat, whatever, about whatever. And then at dinner time, it will come, like, slowly it will come out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and then you'll hear, oh, Seven days said this, and then like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I do think that, I think it's something that we'll all talk about now, you know. I think that for our generation, our parents didn't really talk about mental no. health. It wasn't a thing. I think now, with the amazing work that's being done, you know, you're, you're spreading awareness. I
0: think it is something that
1: people just know about and be aware of.
0: I notice schools are even on it yeah. now, aren't they? And
1: I think... Also doing stuff that's good for your mental health. Mm. You know, I think if we look at things like running, I've started running. running you I've and been me running.
0: both,
1: mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and run the trek that we're doing, yes. this massive trek, you know. There are things that you do that are good for your soul and we need to be filling our days with things like that or having that thing in the, like, in the distance that we're reaching for that is something like our trek that we're training for yeah. that is going to or not training for <laughs> <laughs> come on frank come on um but i think it's it's important to you know so things like pe not just kind of letting it be something that all the athletic kids mm-hmm. need to do every kid needs to do it and enjoy it because it's good for it's them. good for good for your mind and i think we you know in terms of running i don't have a runner's body. I run more than people that probably do have runners' body that don't. Do you know what I mean? There are people that have a runner's body that you don't run? run, and I run. This is, this is a runner's body, believe it or not.
0: You know, I run. From... I noticed those calf muscles yesterday. Oh, thank don't you be silly! I noticed those bad boys. I'm not even lying. I have I was good. Like, you can say running. <laughs> and how are you now? Since after Max, and you seem in a good place. Here. I am in a good place. I feel.
1: Um, you know what? He is just such a lovely little baby. He's like a happy little Buddha. Mm-hmm. Literally, he is. Do you think just that's because he's joyful. the third? So
0: it's like everyone has to just.
1: you, know, you just have to look at him when he breaks out in a massive smile. Like the other two were cryers. Yeah. Remember Tom's mum coming over when Buzz was having a meltdown, and she sort of said, "Oh yeah, Tom did that for two years. <laughs> that's <laughs> basically what the boys did. Like Buddy used to wake up every morning crying." Like that's the first thing he did, whether it was a nap or whether it was the morning, he would wake up every day crying. And <laughs> you know, they're just criers. Whereas Max is 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 not. Like he'll cry if there's like a reason like, you know, his his teeth are cutting at the moment, or mm. things like that. But generally, he's just a really easy, happy I mean, it could change. I mean, I've had people on podcasts who, you know, kids are really young and they're like, they're really calm. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carter yeah, was like yeah. that. Carter was an awful through. baby.
0: Now he's like Mr. Perfect. Like, <laughs> not perfect, but, you know, Mr. Chilled. Carter was really chill baby and now it's a real pain in the bum. (laughs)
1: But it's also, everything goes through phases, like nothing lasts, this two shall pass is the thing that kind of gives everywhere around motherhood and parenthood, it's kind of like, your baby might be crying every morning right now, but one day they won't. You know, and also this happy phase with Max, this isn't going to last forever, there's terrible twos, you know, a year away, there's going to be testing times Which I think is terrible
0: threes, (laughs) not terrible twos.
1: Threes is three-nagers. Yeah. Um, so I know there are going to be times where he grows up and and pushes boundaries, but then I also know that we're not out of the woods with the other two. You know, they're all going to go through different phases in life and growing up that are going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of push and pull and we're going to have to kind of discover it together. Um, but hopefully through a lot of listening and
0: just being there. Do you hopefully. think Tom is like, because he's quite a hands-on dad, isn't he? Mm, yeah. Do you think that helps a lot with... You mentally being with the kids a lot. and Yeah.
1: Yeah, we are a team. Like, I know that you and Wayne are the same. Mm-hmm. Like, we're very lucky that our jobs are the um, majority of the time at home. It mm-hmm. means that we're there for breakfast, we're there to have dinner, we're there to have, like, bath time, all of us all together, not us in the bath, but I mean to do the bedtime. <laughs> we're we all, two, in, the bath all in the bath together. All in the bath together. We've got a really big bath. <laughs> um, That's a simple. <laughs> Honestly, even the three boys now, we're at the point now where we think we might have to bath them separately. Right. Those limbs, they're very long. Um, but, you know, so I think we're really fortunate that we can be there for it. mm mm-hmm. And even if it's just for now, because we know, we know we all have careers where you can't predict, like you couldn't predict six years ago that I'd be doing all the things that I am now. No, but then in another six years, I could be doing something completely different, or it could go off on a tangent. You just never know. So, um, at the moment, we're just enjoying doing as much as we can together, essentially. And and Tom is, um, yeah. I just I I you know talking about the three thing. I just. I think I would be a weeping mess if it wasn't for, how, how, like, Tom being there and
0: us being a team. Yeah. yeah. Which people don't always expect.
1: No, and, and uh, you know, I kind of... I feel like... Maybe i do Tom <laughs> an injustice sometimes because I'm just a bit like, he's a dad. Mm. You know, people are like, is he a hands-on dad? I mean, he's a dad. You mm. know what I mean? Like... I, I kind of have this thing where people sort of say, you know, what kind of a dad is he? Or is he hands-on? Well, you wouldn't ask what kind of a mum am I. No. Or... It's hands-on. Imagine, imagine if... No, if, actually. Uh,
0: she's, no, 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 yeah. no. But that's it's just yeah. what we've kind of... That is the norm. I get really frustrated when I'm at work and people say to me, oh, is Wayne babysitting? <laughs> and I'm like, no, he's bloody not. Uh, they're his children. He's actually just at home with the kids. He is not babysitting. It's so
1: hard, isn't it? Because also it's just a turn of phrase, yeah. like this whole daddy daycare thing. It's just a ton tongue-in-cheek, mm. like a little bit of... And, you know, and I totally get that. Yeah, it's just difficult. I think we're at a weird phase right now where we're expecting women to have these careers and do all these other things, but also take all of the load at Mm -hmm. home. And actually, we need to share that and not be so... But I think it's difficult, because Tom sometimes in things like that is like, well, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Mm. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know. I just, you, you kind of, you've got to release... And, and I do and think, to share yeah, that.
0: I've had those conversations with my friends when they're feeling a bit down and overwhelmed mm. and I'm like, but you're not letting him yeah. take stuff because you want things done how you want it done. And I'm like, "You I have to accept that you are going to do it all because you want it done a certain yeah. way or you have to just... Let him do it and not do it your way, you know? But I think it's like like we do think we have to do everything and be perfect at everything. And if we think that if we don't
1: do it, nothing will get done, Mm. it will get done just at a slightly different pace that's not yours. Like, so before, so I had to go up to Manchester in March to film the baby club, the second series, and I took Max with me. And until then, I'd always done uh, the kids' um, bags and stuff the night before, like pack their uniform. Like their uniforms were out, their bags were <laughs> packed, like <laughs> so. Because I have to leave eight o'clock the next morning. Yeah. I just think take that stress away, and you know, or well, I'd pack bags and stuff. And, and part of me was like, how how are they going to get on if I'm not there? And, you know, it, it doesn't matter if Tom's running around the house at five to eight, you know, and getting those stuff that stuff in the bag. It's still getting done. Yeah, You know what I mean. And, and so maybe I have to. Take a step back in that and kind of go. He survived that. Not only did he survive, he thrived. They were all fine. And mm. uh, that's another thing I think, though, for for us, it's kind of feeling like in some way. I think we would like to feel like it would all fall apart if we weren't there. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's a good thing if it doesn't.
0: Yeah, I do get those moments when Wayne's with the kids and he'll send me a video and I'm really happy that they're having a really nice time, but I'm also really hurt. I'm like, Yeah, oh, but I'm not there. and I, I really want to be there and I feel really bad.
1: Also, I think there's a thing where when you're with your kids, you're, for me, I'm thinking about a million different things, mm. like the dinner, like everything else has got to be organised, the washing, like these things. Whereas I feel like, for me, Tom has the ability to sh- like shed all the other stuff and just focus on the play.
0: Mm. See, I get the guilt about that, though. That that's, really that plays go, on my mind. That's what I want. Yeah, I want to be able to do
1: that. But who's going to do all that other shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean?
0: But I can't, I don't even do most of that other shit, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but I get like, I had a conversation with Wayne the other day, and I was like, I feel like the boys are gonna like hate me when they're older because like I don't play well like I get bored after 10 minutes like I can do all the other stuff I can cuddle I can give you dinner I can do everything else and I'll take you out and whatever but I can't run around the garden like a dog for three hours. Or... Oh, Frank! I, mean, I come know. On. Who would have thought?
1: <laughs> Pull I your finger out. Your skills—you'll
0: probably be great at that. <laughs> um, but there's all that stuff, and I'm like, and I see them laughing with Wayne, and I'm like, oh, I'm so rubbish at that. And then I then I go into this spiral of feeling guilty about it. And Wayne was like just shut up, like, just stop it, like, you're being ridiculous, yeah. the boys love you, and it's fine, you know, <laughs> but anyway, so I want to know your top tips oh my God. for keeping positive, because I know you do have a lot on your plate, mm. but you manage to keep a sense of, you always kind of look on the bright side of things, it's something I've always noticed about you, mm. like, even when I was stressing about this sleeper train to the himalayas <laughs> and you were like but it's fine we'll all be in it together and i'm like, <laughs> be like harry potter <laughs> is it really no i don't think it is, it is, it is. um yeah i just want to know how you get through those darker days i stop comparing myself to other people uh so that means
1: if even on instagram sometimes i post and run mm-hmm. so i don't get to scroll endlessly I stop going on certain websites that make us compare ourselves to other people or tell us what to think in terms of what's acceptable in a physical way. Um, Certainly, you know, entertainment type websites. I think we all know what you're talking about. (laughs) I actually find running really good for my mind. And sometimes if I put the kids to bed and I'm exhausted and I'm just like, I just want to go to sleep and I feel terrible actually going for a run, puts a different spin on that. And -hmm. I actually find going for a run when either the kids are at school or the kids are in bed really good because I think there's nothing like going for a run like a Saturday morning when everyone's at home, coming home in time for breakfast and they're just being chaos. Yeah. Like that, all like straight away, all those, those endorphins that you've just released and let loose, like they just get crushed straight away. You're like back into motherhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas if you've gone for a run, you feel you buzzing in the evening at like eight o'clock and then you're like, oh yeah, now I'm going to do an hour of writing. And I feel great.
0: So that's how you do it. I always yeah. wonder how she does that <laughs> late night writing. <laughs> So it was after
1: that, as well, with the whole max thing before that post, I agreed to do a podcast with someone, and they kept describing me as the most positive person on the internet, and just saying all these positive things and and kind of I felt I felt like but I'm honest and has the point been missed and and just being told, you're positive, you're positive, you're positive." Mm-hmm. and inside at that point, I had this little voice inside of me screaming just going, I am not happy, I am not positive, I am crushed. And so it's weird, and and that's, I think, realising that positivity isn't always there. It's not, you can't be positive all All the the time. time. I think it comes, and you've got to embrace it when it comes, and when it's not there, you've kind of got to go, okay, what do I need to do? Do I need to go for a run? Or do I just need to kind of go, okay, I'm going to sit in this feeling for a little while, Mm -hmm. realise it's there, and then...
0: Know that it will go. Know that it
1: will go. Yeah. Who knows? But I'm not the most positive person on the internet.
0: Just okay. FYI. Just putting it out there, Jovanna <laughs> Fletcher is not the most positive person on the internet. She's just <laughs> honest. Well, thanks for being honest with us, Jovanna. Uh, I have not bored you too much. I'm not used to doing all the talking. I'm
1: just used to listening. But thank you. You're very good at talking.
0: <laughs>
1: Someone shut her
0: up. <laughs> This episode of Open Mind the Podcast was sponsored by very.co.uk.